0: From the Lean Enterprise Institute in Boston, this is the WLEI Podcast, where we share stories of people making the world better through lean thinking and practice. For more information about LEI, including how we can help you apply lean thinking, please visit lean.org.
1: This is Josh Howell, and you're listening to WLEI's On the Job Podcast, where I talk to people that I admire who are discovering better ways for organizations to work, learn, and manage. Recently, I had the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Lisa Yerian. Lisa is a practicing pathologist, first and foremost. She also is the medical director of continuous improvement for the Cleveland Clinic. She's had quite a remarkable career. It was a bit intimidating, to be quite honest, to sit down and have a conversation with Lisa. Uh, but I did. And I found our conversation to be really interesting. I learned quite a lot. Um... Lisa shared with me about the spread of lean thinking across the Cleveland Clinic that's been happening for about a decade or so, and together we, we discussed um, the pathway that they've been on, some of the activities that they've had, some of the outcomes, some of the learning. Uh, anyway, so please have a listen to our conversation. I hope that you uh, get as much out of it as I did.
0: And the initiative really started with an A3. So I talked to Mark Reich. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the time, I was excited about this new charge. And he said, well, Lisa, it sounds like you need to do an A3 on that. I had never done an A3. I had just gotten John Shook's Managing to Learn book. Good book. John had been there to visit. Uh, We held a small conference, and Uh we brought some books. So I pulled up the book and got a piece of paper and started my first A3. And so we worked through that E3. I sat down multiple times with the team trying to convince somebody to take on this work Mm -hmm. with me, to partner with me in doing it. You know, I kept coming back to I'm a surgical pathologist. I don't know how to do this work. I know enough about it to know that it's hard. Mm -hmm. Many organizations who try it struggle Mm -hmm. uh, and fail. I don't want it to be that. And I need somebody to help me do it. And I think that in retrospect, there was a lot of fear among people on the team mm. that it would not be adopted by the organization, that it, you know, that, the, that healthcare's too hard to change, that the Cleveland Clinic was too hard to change, mm-hmm. too set in its ways, and that it was really risky to try to do something so countercultural mm. um, at that time and mm-hmm. from where we sat in the organization.
1: So with that, um, <clears throat> I guess with any uh, good A3, we have we, we we state some problem to solve. How was it that you framed the problem you were trying to solve uh, with that A3?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, you hear a lot about people framing changes based on a burning platform, right? right? You know, the organization's failing, we have a crisis.
1: That was kind of the experience that I had when I was uh, with Starbucks. We had. I've uh, been kind of dabbling with uh, Lean for a little while, but it certainly was the crisis, the economic crisis of 2008 that, that I don't know, put provided us with the jet fuel, I guess, that uh, that propelled our Lean implementation, Lean Transformation forward.
0: Yeah, So, and we didn't have a crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having the experience of the 3 enabled me to do is write out what I thought was the case for change or the reason we needed to do this. And for us, what it became was... Initially, a dialogue around yeah we're we're good, but we're not improving fast enough. Um, you know, we have initiatives that will help us improve, but we know that healthcare reform is coming. Mm-hmm. The standards around you know, quality and patient safety and patient experience and the way we get paid is going to change, and we are not adequately prepared because Mm. we only are limited in the pace at which we are able to improve because we're relying on this, you know, relatively small team of improvement professionals rather than leveraging the entire organization. So
1: speed being measured is the the number of resources active in solving problems or or applying lean thinking or... Exactly. Your
0: pace of improvement, even the number of problems we're able to identify or Mm. recognize in some clear, overt way. Um, and so that was something that had some stickiness okay. with our leaders, but as we started to engage people, you know, the however many thousand, maybe forty thousand caregivers we had at the mm-hmm. time, that didn't resonate as much as what I came upon as a, as a better case for change. And that is that even though we're the Cleveland Clinic, and you could argue we have a lot of success, there are many true sure, things that were going on there and were at the time. Mm-hmm every caregiver had an experience where we knew that there was something that had happened with a patient with a family member Mm. or with another caregiver that they hated Uh, we saw things go wrong we saw problems we saw delays we had to apologize to patients families each others Mm. um, and we hated that and so we had a series of leadership conferences where I started to share a story of, you know, you all end up in some kind of community picnic or something at some point, mm-hmm. And, you know, it comes up that you work at the Cleveland Clinic and somebody says, oh, my loved one just went there. And you, and you take a breath because <sighs> you don't know if they're going to say, yeah, nobody else would do a lung transplant in the Cleveland Clinic, save their life. Or... or <laughs> The other store, and that's really the opportunity. Like we knew that we could eliminate those times when we want to beat our head against the wall because we know we're not delivering the kind of care we want to, the safe care, the compassionate care, mm. the timely care. We all knew that, and we all wanted that to go away. It's so that really became, I think, our case for change. And then in the in the teams we worked with, what we started to articulate is that. At the time, and I think it's still true, we don't know well how to do this at the Cleveland Clinic. And we don't know well how to do this in healthcare. Hmm. So if we can work together and figure this out, right? If we can do really good PDCA thinking Mm -hmm. on applying lean to improve healthcare work, we're not only going to make things better for your team, we're going to learn something that we can apply to help us make things better for other teams Mm -hmm. at the Cleveland clinic. Mm -hmm. And then because Mm -hmm. you're the Cleveland clinic, people will pay attention to what you're doing. And so you can influence not only your own team's work and others at the Cleveland clinic, but you can change healthcare. And that was a vision that people liked, you know, they were making a difference beyond what they were able to do previously. And so people really, as they began to see results, believed that this was a better way of doing things.
1: So, you know, I'm, I'm, struck by uh in in the healthcare industry for sure i mean the uh, the folks who who have chosen to to pursue that profession um i mean obviously the the value that's being created is the health of some other human Uh, and so wanting to serve well the patients provide them with uh, the care that they need of course help help make them well um and the Instances where that doesn't happen uh, effectively being obviously quite demoralizing. Um, it's devastating, and, crushing. And then motivating uh, for something like uh, learning about problem solving or learning about lean. I mean, even in the, you know, the very different stakes <laughs> uh, that would exist in a coffee shop. Um, so too is the value being created directly in front of the customer, right? In this mm-hmm. case, you've got a bleary eyed, uh, commuter who just wants their cup of coffee Um, but we found you know similarly motivating I guess to connect uh, the the value of learning about problem solving the value of learning about improving work uh, to the instances where you're letting down that other that other human right the coffee's not ready or the coffee's a bad temperature or you know sort of uh, the incorrect recipe was used uh, and those moments of you know whatever letting down another person um, and it happens all the time. It happens in coffee shops. It happens uh, to, to much greater effect in a hospital, uh, for sure. But, um, but that, you know, I, I think in a, I guess it's, it's something I think about a lot in, like, service environments uh, as a way to, um, to reach folks who may just be uncertain about lean or even skeptical uh, as a way to say, well, okay, but you know, um, as someone who's interacting with other humans, whether it's coworkers or or customers or patients, uh, in your case, um, things go wrong, right? <laughs> and of course they do. Um, and uh, well, let's let's explore this this way together uh, that might help uh, minimize some of those instances. So anyway. Um,
0: I think that's absolutely right. I mean, it's it's a way that we engage people. So we didn't use the word lean. We didn't mm-hmm. say we were mm-hmm. doing lean transformation. We called it culture of improvement, mm-hmm. and we wanted to engage every caregiver every day. So we created a vision that it was every caregiver capable, empowered, and expected to make improvements every day. We didn't say you have to you know eliminate waste or that mm-hmm. those improvements have to be in X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. It just you know is generically an improvement. And when we engaged people, we said exactly that, you know, what, where are the problems that occur in your work? What drives you crazy? We have had one team of, um, secretaries that said what drives us, drive would drive them crazy is when they have to apologize to people. Okay, let's start tracking that. And mm. then we started to What are to you track apologizing it? for? Exactly. Yeah, Those yeah. are the problems. And that experience of, you know, knowing or feeling like you let somebody down, I think shows up. In everybody's work or you have frustrations where you are waiting for something or something mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. work or you have to do rework shows up in everybody's work let's at least you know talk about them and see if we can come up with some ways together to address them
1: hmm so um, so that aspect of uh, like kind of tapping into the what, what what motivates caregivers in your case baristas <laughs> I mm-hmm. guess in mine, uh, is is certainly uh, part of the challenge uh, we, we get their attention, and, and now there's a willingness, maybe an openness, uh, to learn learn these new this this new way of working or, th- or these problem-solving techniques, whatever. Um, how then have you been going about, given the scale of the clinic? You mentioned forty thousand people at that time. I think mm, even more six, today. Sixty-six. Sixty-six today. Um, so you know, motivating them, sort of opening them up to uh, a willingness to learn this stuff is is I guess one step. Uh, others would include. Um, providing a way i mean giving them sort of the tools the techniques uh, that they would need to do that effectively so Mm -hmm. how is it that um that you've been going about that challenge
0: yeah so we started with the first team so we were working this a3 Uh, mark reich again provided a little coaching and he asked the question of where would people see where it is or what it's like and um, we decided to create one model area mm-hmm. um and in that team we started with a3 well actually <laughs> we we didn't know where to start um and so we went to Gemba, and the executive director, who was a fantastic partner, said, well, you can come to Gemba if you want, but you're not going to see anything because we're all just working on our computers. And I said, well, I think you're supposed to go to Gemba, so we're going <laughs> to yeah. come anyway. We're going to come watch you type away. <laughs> That's exactly. But we got there, okay. and we talked about problems. So in that case, it was actually pretty straightforward to start with problem solving. So we mm. started working on A3s. Um, we believed in learning by doing. That was how I learned my job. That was how I believed that people learned in a way that would make them both capable and willing to do it after we left. Mm-hmm. So I remember I had very few people who wanted to work with me. So I had about four or five people who had been told they had to work on this initiative. So I knew that I had enough people to work on one team, but I was going to have to leave and they were going to have to keep going. So mm-hmm. I needed to do, make sure we needed to do this in a way that they would keep doing it and that they would want to keep doing it. As we moved on to more teams, um, I think that we started to over teach Mm. um, and Mm. try to provide lots of tools and information because there's a lot out there about lean and and more people now who are interested in working on this. And they had a lot of knowledge and tools to impart. Mm. And what happened was we got into another department and they cried, uncle, They said, this is way too much. We don't understand what this all is. Mm. How does this relate to our work? And about that time I got an email from John Shook asking me about the lean transformation model. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. So I Googled it mm-hmm. and found the video of John explaining it. Mm-hmm. And I watched that video about 15 times that day, <laughs> just to fully understand it. Seven
1: minutes. So, so uh, <laughs> it th- th- pretty d- much d- didn't take all day, commitment but uh... <laughs> <afternoon>.
0: that's right. <laughs> and, uh, I think what we learned from that model was that start with the purpose. Mm-hmm. What's the problem you're trying to solve? Um, what's the value you're delivering? You have processes to do the work to deliver on that purpose. You have problems that occur as you do that work. What's the capability to solve the problems to do those processes to deliver on that purpose? Mm-hmm. So suddenly, I realized that the capability that we needed. One may not be the same across all, across all 66,000 caregivers mm-hmm. and had to be directly tied to the problems that that team was experiencing in the processes in which they deliver on their purpose. Mm. And so that gave us a tremendous amount of focus Both in what's the capability, and so which tools we use, what are the concepts or skills that we teach them, and also gave us a tremendous amount of clarity in if those tools and that capability aren't directly tied in the minds of the caregivers to their problems, Mm -hmm. their processes, Mm -hmm. and their value...
1: Who cares? It's waste. Who cares?
0: Um, and so that was became our approach was to really start you know, start with purpose. Start mm. with, we, we say, what matters most? Why do you exist? What's your purpose? What's your value? You know, are you delivering in that or not? Where are the problems? And then the tools and capability relate to that. that and it's s- all application-based because yeah. you're going to apply them right now on these problems.
1: So to, to take that approach... Um, as you said, I mean, there, there just are myriad lean tools and techniques uh, for all sorts of different problems, lead time problems, quality problems, cultural problems, all, all kinds of stuff. Um, so, so then uh, with all these sort of tools to choose from, there, there has to be some individuals, I guess, with a knowledge of this large suite uh, and the capability to sort of know which to select from the capability then to use them correctly, I guess, or use them effectively, and then teach others uh, how to do that. So is that kind of uh, the responsibility of a team that, that you lead? Is is the goal to develop that breadth of knowledge and understanding of all these tools sort of throughout the clinic? Um, I don't know, how, how is it that, that, yeah. that you're, I guess, applying that kind of selective application of the right tools to the right process, given the right Kind of purpose or or problem to solve.
0: So it's a good question. I would say that my team is the primary contributor of tools. So the tools mm-hmm. that currently are used by the three hundred model areas, thousands. I think we have about seventeen thousand caregivers now who work in model areas. The primary tools um, are ones that my team um, bring has brought into the organization, but they're not. Mm, unique to my team. Mm. So that we have a quality improvement team, mm. we have a patient experience mm. team, some of the tools are basic tools that you, you know, anyone with some improvement skills or mm-hmm. project management mm-hmm. skills would be potentially using. We do try to use a fairly skinny list of tools. I don't know all of the tools, my team doesn't know all the tools, but there are some tools that we find are repeatedly useful within our organization.
1: So how about, um, I guess at the so you're within the organization, a, a leader within the organization, and um, the group that you're uh, helping to support has has, I guess, a large scope. I mean, 66,000 caregivers uh, potentially that uh, that you want to support and kind of influence and and help with problem solving. Um, <clears throat> how about at the i guess at the executive or leadership level what 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 are some of the challenges that you faced there and and how have you i don't know, maybe an example of a, a um, an influence that you've you've sought to have or are seeking to have with with that group
0: that's a good question um You know i think that the the influence that we have sought to have um is really influence to continue their ability to to develop their ability to develop their leader's ability so i'll give you an example we Mm. started model areas we were working with a team of you know line workers line caregivers and their manager and then maybe the next level director After some period of time, what we realized was that even though we would leave the area, when that team needed additional support, let's say they started in A3 that was complicated and they needed additional help, they came back to our team because their next level leadership wasn't a group that had the capability to mm. coach them through complex, you know, more complex problems, sure, and sure. or more analytic needs. So we saw. Uh, within our own plan, a need to more deliberately develop the skills in our senior leaders because the model areas were more at the middle manager okay. and team level. So we were very deliberate in that. So this year, one of the things we did to, to, to support that was we um, asked the executive chief nursing officer and the president of main campus and the Ohio hospitals mm-hmm. to ask each of their leaders to pick one of their priorities, their metrics for the year, not something where we need to maintain the current level of performance or just try a little bit harder, but something Mm -hmm. where we truly didn't know how to get to the next level Hmm. and work an A3 on that. So every one of our chief nursing officers and associate chief nursing officers and every one of our hospital presidents is now working on an A3 that is centered on what matters most, what's mm-hmm. the breakthrough or transformational change that they need mm-hmm. within their hospital or their area of responsibility. And the idea is both to give them a cycle of practice, help mm-hmm. them de- mm-hmm. develop mm-hmm. the skills, and then also, uh, and that's for the, the presidents and the chief nursing officers, but then for their leaders, for the uh, executive chief nursing officer and the, and the president, to have the opportunity to coach and develop their senior leaders Mm. we were worried that we were setting up a construct of you know i'm going to sign a team to do an a3 but i am a leader i'm not capable to really understand coach influence around that a3 so we're working to develop those leaders problem-solving skills in this instance
1: Mm -hmm. so the sequence would be that uh, one of these these more senior leaders overseas an area that, that has that, that has some model areas within it, a, mm-hmm. I guess a department or something that, that has some model areas within it. Uh, they've not been so involved in that and, and so maybe not so capable to support those groups if they might elevate a problem to them or just need some, some more sophisticated help. And then uh, subsequently they're, as you described, uh, taking on an A3 problem-solving experience of their own. How, how do they... Um, How do these model areas fit sort of, within that senior leader's A3 problem-solving experience?
0: Yeah, I'd say it varies. Um, An example would be usually in the context of of a single hospital. So Mm -hmm. our hospitals range in size. And probably the main campus is 1,500 beds. But Mm -hmm. the other large hub hospitals have probably 500 beds. Decent-sized hospital. Mm -hmm. So there are model areas within that hospital. And that president knows there are model areas, goes on Gumba walks, sees those model areas, knows about A3 thinking, and is glad people are doing A3s, but wouldn't necessarily have been in a position to recognize is this a good A3? Or to ask questions mm. to foster good thinking, continued good thinking, sure. and an- analysis in that A3 or mm-hmm, PDCA mm-hmm, thinking. Mm-hmm. We believe in order for this to be sustainable, that skill set, that practice has to exist at the president level. It's, it's really a shift from, yeah, they're supportive of CI and they're showing up and they're doing what they want to do, to they're actually able to participate in a way yeah. that brings the hospital forward. Because all of this work is done under the auspices that we're going away, right? right. And for this to carry on, everybody, truly everybody in the organization has to be engaged in it. And we could teach them some coaching questions but that they're never going to be able to coach an A3 or recognize a quality A3 or deficits in an A3 if they haven't had the experience of going through it on their own. Mm -hmm. Some of those hospital level A3s would be problems that have, you know, a breakdown into department level problems. So there might be Mm -hmm. nested Mm-hmm. local A3s that support that overarching goal that that president or chief nursing officer mm-hmm. is working mm-hmm. on, but they would all, you know, using the same A3 framework to work through those problems.
1: Mm-hmm. So when you've introduced this, um, so, so the, the, the sequence here, I, I just find really fascinating, like, um, and in, you know, the experiences that I've been a part of, or that I had at, that while I was at Starbucks, uh, the sequence of, I guess, learners or learning, um, whether it's, I guess, more of a bottom up sequence or a top down sequence, uh, or both, I don't know, um, are just really fascinating. I don't know. I, f- I find fascinating to sort of explore what are the challenges for different sequences. So I'll tell you, uh, a kind of a personal story was, um, when I was managing a coffee shop in Portland, Oregon, and, uh, for whatever reason, my store got selected kind of randomly to, to be the company's first like experimentation site. Um, there were external consultants, folks with a lot of experience with lean that were brought in to teach. And, um, and I was being taught sort of directly uh, exposed to all these lean tools and, and uh, problem-solving techniques. And so was my, um, my manager. Um, the folks that were at sort of the next level, not so much. And uh, pretty quickly, uh, we were like very excited about what we were learning. We were finding good outcomes and stuff, and so we kind of took off, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became problematic. I mean, our our sort of leaders above that uh, got I don't know like unsettled by some of the changes that we were making. Didn't quite understand. I mean, we were also pretty messy. We, we were just learning how to how to do this stuff. So I'm sure we were doing a lot of things fairly poorly that, that like maybe spooked them a little bit. Um, But honestly that, that became a problem like that, that particular sequence of like, I was a store manager with my baristas, my multi-unit manager, we got really excited about things, wanted to just go, go, go. And the leaders above us that weren't having the same uh, experience, or at least the same volume of experiences, Kind of got left behind, mm-hmm. and it became a problem. I mean, we started to sort of uh, cross wires, let's say. Um, <clears throat> and honestly, we we didn't find a way, at least in that in that those early experiments, to uh, to overcome that, frankly. So as as Starbucks continued to experiment and introduce lean thinking into other areas of the business, it became um, for us almost necessary to uh to adopt what we called a leader led learning approach that started at the level of like vice president mm. someone who would oversee hundreds of stores, and then you know sort of to the next level of like a director that might oversee a hundred stores and then have those have that vice president then that director be the ones sort of introducing lean thinking to their multi unit managers and ultimately to their store managers, but that sequence that like leader led sequence was for us, almost uh, almost like the dominant factor in whether a, a store, ultimately, and a customer, most importantly, was ever to experience the benefit of lean thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> versus a bunch of kind of crazy things happening. Um, what you're describing is, is the opposite of that. I mean, as folks closer to the front lines, closer to the patients in this case, getting some learning so i guess kind of like me in 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 my own experience and I'm, I'm presuming at least in some cases maybe not all but let's say let's say most uh that's a positive experience that's mm-hmm. a motivating experience or solving problems for for patients that uh that they that they're appreciative of <clears throat> um and then later uh the the the, the leaders I guess um are kind of coming along being brought along in in the way that you're describing um as learning a3 thinking um what have been I guess some of the what's been your experience in in, in what I'm describing that that uh we, we didn't find a really effective way to overcome that so I guess I'm curious a about what have been some of the challenges that you've encountered with that sequence um have you found ways when when those challenges have emerged to overcome uh, those those issues, or or has that not been your experience at all? Maybe that was singular to uh, uh, to Starbucks, or, or or singular to to my experience. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, it's a good question. We did not have we did not recognize or have a problem exactly like that. Mm. Um, I think some of the differences from the way we started. From the way you've described Starbucks starting is that you know we started it we had you know executive director to uh, you know, frontline caregiver and so the leaders were involved but they were not as heavily involved or weren't they weren't necessarily getting the a3 problem-solving capability that the other members of the team were um, but also I feel like they were they were excited about it because they could see the engagement of their team members, and because they were solving problems that the leaders cared about, and, you know, mm. also, mm. and were aware of. So we didn't necessarily have so much of a of a conflict, as we had perhaps we saw an opportunity for them to be better prepared to support and foster lean thinking. You know, on mm. an ongoing basis, which is what we needed not, them to and do, and not depending on you guys yeah. so
1: much, like the the, the 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 folks helicoptering in, I guess, to, to to help out.
0: Right. Yeah, that was something that we knew that we didn't want, and it wasn't going to be something yeah. um, sustainable in the long term.
1: So, so okay, so that so that that does make it in a way kind of a fundamental difference. I mean, the experience that I had, uh, Lean was brand new to the company, right? Um, and here here were these consultants sort of directly teaching, uh, kind of frontline people like myself, store manager and his, and his team, uh, to apply these very new ideas, right. Ideas that, that, that are often maybe even counterintuitive, you know, Mm -hmm. um, they were making changes to things that, that had never been changed before. And so, um, so maybe that, you know, that, that, that for us was, a um, was then fundamentally different from, from what you're describing of, uh, the executive leaders, although maybe not being so deeply engaged in some of that early activity, still from their perspective, having an appreciation for it. Yeah. And and you, you mentioned language even, being something that, that you were using carefully. Um, I, I can, I remember for sure <laughs> uh, that, that we had uh, an enthusiasm for these new words too. So mm-hmm. I, probably in a lot of ways, you know, we were spooking, some of those more senior leaders uh, by our actions by these weird words we were using um, and it was just brand it was brand new uh, to them and uh, so I guess okay that, that, that that's something to recognize I guess different maybe than the experience that yeah. you're describing
0: I think another difference was that there was never a point and I, I can't tell you that there was ever a point where anybody said, we are now going to do lean as an organization mm. and i think if that had been said then that dynamic absolutely would have occurred because i as a leader would have felt like my organization's going somewhere my team's going somewhere and i'm not a part of it mm. and that would make me very nervous and i don't know where this place is and yeah and i'm yeah, yeah. yeah i don't know it i don't understand it my team's making changes what's my role here mm. you know it brings up a lot of uncomfortable feelings but we never did that, we started it, we never. We didn't call it lean, we started it as an experiment. Um, and I think that it just sort of grew organically from within the organization. I'm not sure that the CEO, I doubt the CEO even knew that we were doing these experiments. Um, so we did the first model area, we started to bring people to see it, and then as the first model area started to have success, I know executives were talking to the the then CEO about it. Um, But I still don't think that it was anything that was, okay, we're gonna go do this now or Mm -hmm. be this now. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. somebody within the organization partnering with people who were eager to partner to figure out how to do this and Mm -hmm. to improve Mm -hmm. their work. Mm -hmm. So it was less of a, are we doing this or not kind of, it was more of a, you know, it was It was less of it. There was never a mandate or a statement that we're going to do this. It's we're trying to learn and understand how to do this, which is a much gentler entry into the organization, I think. Mm. Um, and then for terminology- you know, we, we never used Japanese words because we didn't want it to be confusing. But the team, first team we were working with, like you, got very excited about <laughs> it. And we would come down and see it every Friday afternoon. We'd go to Gemba and we'd yeah. check to see how things were going. What did you learn this week? What's working well? You know, what adjustments do we need to make? And they were you know, using all these terms I had never <laughs> <laughs> heard of. And so, yeah. Um, we mostly avoid terms, but there are a couple that the teams love and continue to use because it very quickly within that team became cool mm. to use the technical jargon.
1: Well, it sounds like, too, you know, I'm, I mean, it's interesting for uh, me reflecting back on this. this. This is sort of a long ago history for me now, but, um, you know, what you described earlier of having a real focus on um, issues that caregivers were experiencing in the delivery of care, um, and that being kind of the impetus for why we're introducing you to, to A three or to these problem solving techniques, um, you know, I'm not so sure in in the early days at least at Starbucks that that was so clearly the like the driving purpose uh, mm-hmm. for what we were doing. Um, it became, and I don't know, I mean, in in, in some to some extent, uh, but I think more so. I mean, p- partly it was uh, because the the, it was 2008. You know, there was this kind of financial crisis, and so the need to um, address certain cost challenges was was certainly at the forefront. Um, maybe more so uh, the focus than you know, hey, uh, what what's getting in your way of uh, of making your customers happy in the morning. Um, that, that that wasn't the the, the the primary motivation for us you know just a different context for the business at that time it's a different thing of course a coffee coffee business from a, a hospital uh, mm-hmm. to um and so you know i, I I'm, I'm sure that that's that that's also factoring into um just the differences i guess uh, yeah. in those experiences it, it wasn't just the sequence i guess that i was maybe focused on earlier but but other contextual, uh, other aspects of the context too, right? Mm-hmm. Healthcare, coffee, um, business reason, I guess, uh, for why we're doing this, uh, versus just look, we're we're here to uh, to care for folks, uh, to help them get well, and and sometimes things go wrong, <laughs> mm-hmm. and let's 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 focus on those. And things. And we all hate it when that happens. We and all, hate it when all that know happens. that it happens. That's right. That's right.
0: Way more than we would like to.
1: Which even at Starbucks, I mean, it, you see. know that. Again, it's not not certainly not to the level of uh, helping someone who's sick get well, um, but it's helping somebody who's having a bad day uh, get a pick me up. <laughs> uh, it's helping somebody who's whatever uh, ne- needing to uh, to become alert uh, for the presentation they're going to give at work. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. th- th- these are real human needs in a sense, and um, and I'm not so sure, you know, at least in the way that that lean was being introduced to me in the early days and. Subsequently, the way that I was introducing it to other folks if uh, if I was so clearly um, connecting sort of the reason to learn this stuff, uh, which can be hard, the reason to practice this stuff, which can be even harder uh, with with that with you know the benefit that you'll get as a human serving another human uh, as opposed to uh, whatever—a way to to remove certain costs or get waste out of the system, or more more like uh, you know technical benefits, I guess, uh, than, than than things that are just motivating at the at the most like human level.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I was surprised by was how much the caregivers loved it, and I think we had a benefit of not being in a crisis, so we were rushing to do this at a certain pace mm. or put it in so many departments within a certain period of time. So we had the luxury, because because it was just some experiment that this project, small project that was kind of yeah. hidden we were working on, we didn't have the pressures to sure. expand and deliver and implement quickly. So we could develop a system to implement that was very rich in PDCA and partnered very closely with the team,
1: mm-hmm. at the,
0: the very first team and then the subsequent teams we were working with. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think that might have helped us create something that was less novel and less new and in many ways less threatening Mm -hmm. um, and was more focused on the problem they were experiencing because we didn't have this cost crisis. And Mm -hmm. so we didn't have Mm -hmm. to say, and the focus of this has to be to figure out how to do this with fewer people or to do this at a lower cost. We could say the purpose of this is to figure out how to serve our patients better, our customers better. And that was true. And it wasn't until... um, Gosh, maybe uh, two years ago that we had the first sort of strategic focus of a lean transformation initiative that was budgetary focused. And that Mm. was one of our institute chairs who said, we have this budget target. I don't believe we can hit it. Mm. (laughs) And so we had a real breakthrough that was required. Um, And that was really... um, very much a breakthrough that focused on being able to serve more patients mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which was actually needed because we had a, a wait list for patients who needed neurosurgery. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a real patient need. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it was driven initially by a budgetary target mm. but became a charge that very much resonated with the team because it was again all about serving patients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other difference that might we might have had is that being in healthcare, there are a lot of regulations in the way we do certain things. Mm. And so when we went to the first clinical area, which was an inpatient nursing unit, mm-hmm. they very quickly recognized the need and put into place parameters around changes that could be made. So some changes the team during their problem-solving work could put into place on their own. Some problems the manager and the ability responsibility to weigh in on, mm. uh, and could, you know, no, we can't do that because of regulatory issues. So, pretty mm. early on, the leadership had um, a clear path to sort of oversee the changes that mm-hmm. were occurring, which Some kind of guardrails, which right might there. have been a reassuring to the manager the changes weren't happening that were sort of, you know, out of their line of sight or sure, out of control sure. or changes that they would not want put into place yeah we were working with the managers to say this isn't about you know we would have had a conversation if they had been sort of too heavy-handed and right
1: yeah, yeah I it understood. could
0: get changed but that I think might have helped put in some structure around mm-hmm. what got changed
1: yeah it's interesting we um... So you know it, it's it's a food service industry. Uh, Starbucks was, and so there's obviously some like food handling guidelines and, and things like that that are really important. Um, and the company had you know uh, has uh, a lot of uh, quality standards, even like service level standards and stuff like that. But um, but there's a lot of potential like wiggle room um, mm-hmm. to 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 do things differently, to, to play around. Certainly that that experience that I had at the very beginning, um, either we interpreted or we were told. <laughs> I don't know. I was a, a 27-year-old store manager at the time, so I, I, I maybe heard things that no one was actually saying but that I just wanted to hear. We interpreted that we were kind of being given free reign mm. to just change everything, you know. Uh, and so we, we, we took that. Like to heart <laughs> again, whether it was just because we we wanted to, uh, or or in fact that we were being encouraged to. So I remember a specific instance where we um, uh, a fairly sizable like piece of equipment, uh, the the oven where like sandwiches and, and pastries and stuff were warmed up. Um, I remember we we relocated it, <laughs> like we just had some braces and I picked this thing up, moved it. It was a really heavy piece of equipment. Uh, not really thinking at all about um, you know things like uh, well safety for example I mean what, what would this new location for this piece of equipment have proper ventilation and be at a proper distance from other nearby objects that might be flammable or <laughs> or whatever <laughs> uh, and and so you know some some of these like more senior folks came into the store one day uh, we were very excited to, to show them this uh, this this relocation that that we had uh, figured out for our oven for some to like cut out steps or something you know to remove to, to make our spaghetti map look, math, look, right? look less spaghetti <laughs> yes um so we were we were like really excited about that and they were just like aghast um <laughs> because uh you know that there there wasn't that clear understanding i guess um of of, of those kinds of policies or, or or whatever just it hadn't been the kind of thing that that i guess you know, the industry drove naturally, like like would certainly be the case in healthcare, um, or because the culture of the company hadn't been uh, encouraging necessarily store teams to be making changes like that, like doing kind of their own localized problem solving. That just wasn't exactly a part of what was happening. And when that became uh, the desired outcome, actually, to build local problem-solving teams uh okay well well now you got to think about uh, you know <laughs> what what are things that those teams are going to need to need to learn and and be knowledgeable about um as guardrails as mm-hmm. as things that will um both encourage positive change being made but you know not put ovens in a place that uh, that they may burn down the store sort of uh, in but, a managed way <laughs> <laughs> it's it sort of a managed way yeah uh anyway all all kinds of uh we did F- have... Fun aspects to this.
0: We did have one experience that perhaps was our <laughs> our hint of what you're describing, which was we started the model area. The, there were four teams working on their own E3s. They were using visuals to track their progress, and they started to see improvement. Mm-hmm. And so you know, for maybe a month, we have been going down there every Friday and talking about the, you know, how are things going, and they each had to speak to their E3, and it was difficult and painful because... It was hard, and they weren't used to speaking in front of other people. And here was this doctor that was coming down to listen to them, which was pretty much torture. And, uh, and then they started to see improvement, and they were off, and they were so excited, and you could feel the energy, and they forgot that they were talking in front of people. And yeah, yeah. I was ecstatic and pinching myself <laughs> because I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is actually well, working! So <laughs> this is, you know, what I didn't we're think this do. was ever this is the culture change. Exactly, yes. and so I thought this, you know, PDCA session we would have at the end of the day would be like, you know, the best one ever. Mm. And much to my surprise, the managers were like, ready to pull my hair out. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what's wrong?" And they were like you don't understand they want to change everything (laughs) they want to do a3s on everything we can't spend all of our time doing a3s on every problem we have everything we do we need to be able to manage this way Mm -hmm. and uh, so that was how we got to The point of creating our problem-solving system which is based on a Kaizen board which is standard and a process so we said okay well we need a way to prioritize which are your most important problems to Mm -hmm. solve Mm -hmm. and they said well Mm -hmm. how do you do that and I thought I had this brilliant answer and I said um well you prioritize against your strategy and they just looked at me they didn't have a clear strategy Mm -hmm. So suddenly, we had gone from problem-solving capability to the absence of strategy and organizational alignment. Mm. And so within one afternoon, they had very clearly articulated the, to, to my ears the need to create these other components mm. of... Lean management, mm. which mm. was actually mm. fantastic mm. because then we started to do experiments and iterate with that team that were You know these components that were critically important and do the learning and create it again mm-hmm. I didn't know how to create any mm-hmm. of this We were co-creating it mm-hmm. with this team and continued to iterate on it with all the other teams. We worked on
1: yeah that you know the the um, The language that we that was developed um at Starbucks, for that was was the language of, um, you know, we were very much wanting to to develop problem solvers throughout the company. Uh, we wanted to create localized problem solving teams in every store, like I like I mentioned, um, and but but also um, learn how to solve problems at the right level. That was sort of the the language that we came to describe. So a a, a problem of you know let's. <clears throat> How do we reclaim market share, or something um, being, you know, a, at the level of uh, a strategic problem, mm-hmm. uh, a problem of, you know, how do we uh, stop running out of coffee, uh, being something that, that you know we'd like to have the store teams capable of recognizing as a problem for one, and then and then being capable of solving it. Um, so even that, like the, you know, a, a problem that might involve moving a big piece of equipment. Um, maybe not necessarily being sort of a problem within the scope of control for that local team, but being something that that uh, would need like elevation, I guess, escalation mm-hmm. to to a to a, another level to um, pull upon the correct resources, check on the the policies, safety, fire hazards in this case, um, so that yeah, we we don't uh, sort of sort of do damage. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that that kind of resonates too, and and it was similarly, I guess, through the experience of that kind of frontline problem solving work that we were discovering, mm-hmm. I guess, um, what, what those other kinds of problems might look like, uh, who would then become responsible for them? How would they solve problems like that? Mm-hmm. Very, very different problems than, you know, running out of coffee. Um, and, and how would all of that be coordinate, right? So, um, how would problem solving happen at the store level on the right problems? How would those that they couldn't solve on their own or shouldn't be solving on their own get, I guess, communicated to the next level? Um, how might those folks engage functional specialists like, mm-hmm. like the, like in this case the 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 um, what we call it facilities, mm-hmm. uh, the group that. that moves equipment <laughs> <laughs> normally <laughs> uh, how, how would we engage them uh when when there was a need to engage them i mean it was all of this was was emerging as a as a full kind of company management system management system built around problem solving right and and as i described earlier problem solving at the right level um yeah it was uh, quite revealing uh, in 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 what wasn't there you know uh, as a as a multi level and company wide problem solving system we just kind of didn 't have it i mean it had it had not been encouraged to happen at the local store level and so and so what why would you have a system built uh, <laughs> built built around it uh, mm-hmm. if it if it just didn't exist um, anyway really interesting
0: yeah, it yes. is I think one of the questions that you know, I struggled <coughs> with early on was we were starting this was I would go to a workshop or read a book or, a, or an article by X lean leader and it would say, well, you start here and mm. this is the way you do it. And mm. then I'd read one by somebody else and I, and they would say, well, you start here and this is how you do it. And I actually went to an LEI workshop where there were several lean experts and I went up to several of them <laughs> and asked them, you know, how do you do this ready yeah, to get yeah. started? You know, introduce myself is what I'm trying to do ready to start. Uh-huh. And they all had different answers. And I think that you, you, you and I—sounds like we both started with problem solving, largely at the team level, and then saw the need to build these other components mm. of the system. Like, how do you prioritize problem solving? And solve the right problems at the right level, and even know what the right problems are. Sure. Um, how does that play out across different organizations? And is there either um, consistency in the approach that? you know, the best approach or approaches that we know or demonstrated to work or consistency in the way to know where to start mm. within your organization. Cause maybe it does need to be different depending on where the organization is and what they need, but okay, then can we articulate that? So yeah, sort of yeah. What have we learned that we can begin to apply to help, you know, the next Josh and Lisa. Try yeah, to do this. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, this is, you know, so um, I guess to, 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 um, break the whatever it is the, the fourth wall here i mean the the whole purpose of this particular podcast um is is a podcast to explore kind of organizational leadership organizational management um you know i'm i've been uh, put into a a new role recently in in um leadership over this this small institute although you know small in staff quite large and <laughs> maybe influence and 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 uh who, who's all involved in, in our mission and, and our work. Um, and it's it's exploring these different cases uh, with folks that that have been a part of them um, that I hope maybe some of those answers might emerge. I mean, I'm certainly uh, curious to have uh, more options, at least, available to me than, than the experiences that I can have on my own. Um, and so, you know, the, the things that we've been touching upon today the, the, the sequence of uh, activities, the, uh, what motivated folks at different levels uh, to get engaged, how different levels are interfacing with one another uh, to be more or less effective in, in problem solving or um, achieving whatever, you know, organizational purpose uh, might, be, might be pursued, you know, maybe that, that, that becomes some, some kind of a, an output. Uh, from these conversations uh, is uh, new thinking, new ideas, more ideas, more options uh, for those that might might listen uh, to be considering as they're undertaking, uh, whatever kind of uh, enterprise wide actions are being are being taken, uh, whatever kind of leadership that someone at let's say the the top of an organization or in a position of influence uh, might be taking, you know, to to have a positive. Have a positive influence. Um, This has been really fun to explore, explore your story, uh, reflect a bit on my own, uh, look for similarities, look for differences, uh, and um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm sure there's no certainly no silver bullets with any of this stuff, but uh, but to get clear, you know, as individuals on on what are the factors to consider, what are the things that. Might happen. We should be paying attention to um, what needs to be revealed over time versus maybe studied and understood, analyzed up front. Um, I guess this is this is sort of what, what we're what we're trying to do. Those of us in the the lean transformation game. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, it's 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 been really interesting uh, to talk about that with you.
0: Thank you. It's been fun, yeah, interesting cool. to hear a little bit about both the overlap and the differences. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah, and the way these. Have unfolded in both of our organizations
1: cool yeah more cases to more more cases to consider uh more more um yeah more cases to study over time uh so anyway thanks for for chatting with me today (laughs) thank you (laughs) all right i'd like to thank dr lisa yarian for her for the wonderful conversation I really enjoyed uh, learning more about how lean thinking is spreading across the Cleveland Clinic. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed having it. Until next time, this was WLEI's On the Job podcast. Be well.